0: Reveille, reveille, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah, it is Monday, September 14th, 2020. And you best believe this right here is Morning Combat, the only show like it in the world of boxing, mixed martial arts, and beyond. That is not Luke Thomas sitting next to me this week, but that is a man you know very well, okay? Who he is, don't let it hold him back. He's going to reach for the stars. He is a UFC Hall of Famer, a former light heavyweight champion, always sweet, never sour, the tower of 40-year-old abs and ayahuasca power, Sugar Rashad Evans, my man. Thank you, sir, for joining us this week.
1: Now, man, BC, it is good to be here. Great introduction, man. I'm excited to do the show with you, my man.
0: Yeah, many people uh, have heard us before on the State of Combat (laughs) on CBS Sports, but we're going through a bit of a merging right now ahead of the big MK Daily launch coming up. Morning Combat in your face, in your ear hole just about every day. The great Luke Thomas going to sit one out this week, going to rest up. You better believe next week. We're coming on strong. MK Daily hitting you off every single day. A couple live shows per week. And don't forget, we got the Charlo pay-per-view on Showtime. We've got a big-time UFC card with Adesanya and Costa, so a lot to get into next week. But this week, we're going to jam BC and Rashad coming at you. Uh, Rashad, South Florida, how you living? How you doing, bro? I'm
1: living good, man. Just got back from Vegas. It was a good trip out in Vegas, so uh, happy to be back home in Florida.
0: All right, all right. Uh, As the listeners and viewers already know, You can try Showtime for free for 30 days, as Luke would say. I don't know. You can get bent, pound sand, wipe standing up if you don't like it. But why don't you go to Showtime.com now and explore. Look, you're not just getting Showtime Championship Boxing. You're not just getting great documentaries and movies. You can also go onto the app. Go into that little, like, saved area. You can find Morning Combat Classics, Strike Force, Luke, me, Scott Coker, Merle, Ronaldo, You're going to want to watch that archive of great moments as well. So please, go to the website. Tell them BC sent you. Try that out. And if you are jealous of the fine merch that we are putting out for Morning Combat, in fact, uh... Rashad, you could really outfit your kids nicely in, in, in stuff like this. You know, this hat oh, right here. Oh, okay, uh, okay,
1: okay, uh, okay, you know, okay, okay. about this uh, sweatshirt <laughs>
0: right here? Okay, I feel like I'm in a barbershop with a, a gym bag right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Why yeah, don't okay. you head on over <laughs> to store.show.com right now, and uh, I want you to feel on your body what the rest of us are feeling. You know what I'm saying, Rashad? You know you know where I'm going I with this? Feel is you, this? BC, oh, I feel you,
1: I it's mean, little, it got a little awkward, but I, little... I I, I kind of feel where you're okay. going with that.
0: Okay, got a little bit <laughs> awkward. Uh, Rashad, before we kick it off and get going, you got well wished by uh, a friend of mine and yours, Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver coach and future future pro head coach, Phil McGagan signing in oh, and saying, yeah. uh, "Tell my boy Rashad to go, uh, to you know, go bring it, go bring it." Yeah, uh,
1: that's that's my boy, Phil.
0: Yes. Big win for the Chargers to start it off, but uh, with the pleasantries behind us, uh, why don't we get into the biggest topics of the week in boxing and mixed martial arts? Jay, hit it for me. All right, all right. Well, here we go. We're going to start off. Hey, big weekend for Bellator MMA. Not just the announcement of the move from the Paramount Network to CBS Sports Network in the Viacom CBS family. Shout out. Uh, we they have also announced October tenth. Bellator will be the first promotion to enter France, putting on a card in Paris featuring Czech, Congo, and MVP now that the sport has been legalized. And there's also two world-class level cards this past weekend. Rashad, I want to start right off with Bellator 245. Uh, Some gentlemen you know pretty well, Phil Davis, Leoto Machida. Mixed it up in a light heavyweight rematch, a main event with really, although it wasn't formally announced, it was assumed a number one contenders fight. The winner most likely going to get the rising star Vadim Nemkov. It goes down as a split decision with Phil Davis edging Lyoto Machida, winning the first two fights against him. Uh, Rashad, as this played out, 35-year-old Phil Davis... Was this impressive enough of a victory for you to potentially like his chances? Don't forget he did fight Nemkov to a split decision 2 years ago in a potential title rematch. This fight was not
1: the fight that I say, "Oh yeah, he's definitely got his best chance against Nemkov" uh, because you see the growth in Nemkov, but what I do do see about Phil is that Phil always rises to the level of his competition and he fights you know, kind of like his competition does, a uh, great example of that is a fight on Saturday. You know, he, he a complete kicking contest um, come, almost negated his wrestling to, to a larger uh, extent. And uh, I think when he goes against Nimkov, he's going to try to adjust his game to that level. But Nimkov, he's steamrolling right now, so it's going to be tough.
0: You know, I was, yeah, I was, I was impressed by Phil Davis being the quicker fighter in here, getting off first uh, consistently. Didn't go for any takedowns, which was somewhat surprising to me considering when he defeated Leona Machida in 2013 in UFC. It was aggressive, ground-and-pounded takedowns, which surprised us. We never see Machida handled, let's say, that easily. Uh, This was a lot different. He used timing, distance, and all that. I really wasn't all that super impressed, though, Rashad. What is it about Phil Davis stepping up to the highest level of the elite where it's almost as if, his ability to impress levels down just a little bit. We saw that split decision loss when he lost his title to Ryan Bader a couple years back in Madison Square Garden. What is Phil Davis just missing from cracking the top of that mountain? It's
1: the confidence, the overall confidence in his game. You know, when you have the overall confidence in your game, you don't look to adapt to somebody else's game, you implement your own game. And that's what you don't see in Phil. You don't see him consistently implementing that that tough wrestling that he has. You know, he has a lot of funk with his wrestling too, so he can wrestle at a different level than a lot of guys who have uh, you know, um, conser- regular uh, MMA, jiu-jitsu or regular MMA grappling. You know, he has all that funk behind everything he does. He can, you know, pull something off just by, you know, just going for a takedown in general. So he has to go back to that. He has to find a way to make sure that he's always getting in his fights. I think what happens with him is the fact that he starts to do so much research on his opponents and then he starts to just, you know, try to shut his opponent down instead of imposing his will.
0: Yeah, and look, Styles make fights. He fought a lot more aggressive against Nemkov the first time around. Did lose that by split decision. Will be interesting to see if he gets the call again. Rashad, we all love us some Bellator, but are you on board with this narrative, first by Ryan Bader, then by Scott Coker, now by Phil Davis, that in fact, Bellator at 205 has the best division in the world when you consider John Jones, DC Gustafson have all moved on from the UFC, and we're going to find out coming up between Dom Reyes and Jan Blahowicz, who's the man there? Does Bellator, as it stands now, Nemkov, Machida, Davis, uh, you can rent uh, Gegard Musasi. Now Corey Anderson dropping in. Is this the best division in uh, in the world at two hundred five?
1: They make a compelling argument. I, I definitely, uh, you know, when you say it like that, like just off the top of my head, when you said it, I was like, oh no, they're not, not even close. But um, I think I think it's pretty competitive. But what I would say is this right here. I would say the young blood of what the UFC has now have now in, in the 205 weight class, you know, it, it definitely can rival what they have at uh, Bellator. But at the same time, you have to go with the younger talent because it's a younger talent. You know, the UFC didn't get rid of um, Corey Anderson because they thought they had a jewel in them. They thought that they squeezed them for what he was worth. Um, I don't necessarily hold that opinion myself, but you know, that's the way they see it. So, um, you know, there, there could be something to say about the younger roster makes the better fighters. Uh,
0: Machida at 42. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think he had a case to, 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 you know, the split decision seemed a little bit closer than I had it. Uh, I didn't think he was pulling the trigger enough. Is it, is the, I mean, welcome to the Machida era. I don't like to bring that up, Rashad. That, that, that's not a great moment in Rashad Evans' history. Much respect here. <laughs> uh, is the Machida era over all over, though? I mean, he had a good third round, but I'm waiting all night for him to let that left hand go. Yeah, I mean, you know what?
1: I I just think that he he goes against a Phil Davis who, um, you know, he had nightmares about, you know, from the first time that he fought, you know, and if he ever been held down and been completely dominated like that, it can kind of stick with you for a while. So I think he was just a bit cautious. You know, he still looked like he had the quickness and he still looked like he had the legs. And when I look at a fighter who doesn't have it anymore, I look at the legs and I look at their ability to take a shot and he looked like he still had those. But when it comes to just firing, you know, he was thinking too much. And I don't know if it's thinking too much because he's got that gun shyness to him because he's been uh, hammered too many times in the cage or because he's being conservative because he's thinking about the last time he got whooped by Phil Davis, you know? All right.
0: Well, to close on this, uh, you know, I don't know where Machida goes from here, but if he is looking for a creative matchup, Rashad, you know, one with a little bit of storyline and history in it, one maybe with a little bit of revenge for one of my friends, uh right. I mean, I've seen your shirt list on Instagram there uh, working out with coach Lester. Okay. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Hey,
1: BC, listen, all they have to do is say the word BC. All they have to do is say the word. You will have me in a fight before the end of 2020. Uh,
0: uh, uh. He's ready. <laughs> He's 40. Come at him. He's a man, by the way, uh, off topic, but close. I did have dinner with Scott Coker last week. Uh, I did bring that up, Rashad, okay? I said the fan in okay. did not let this conversation go without bringing that in. And, and I, and I, I like, pre-
1: and I appreciate that.
0: Okay, thank you. All right, moving on there. Uh, quickly, that main event on Saturday night, Bellator 246, it, it, on paper it could have been the best fight of the weekend, uh, played out pretty well. I enjoyed it. Vacant bantamweight title on the line, and it was Juan Archuleta taking it home against Patchy Mix. Mix had come in unbeaten, Rashad. We'd seen some spectacular submission wins out of him but this was going to be a real proving ground tester. Archuleta's been in there against the very best, the, the Patricio uh, Pitbulls, and he's going to start his own era here. Rashad, tell me if I'm wrong. This looked a lot like the second claudia Gadelha fight where if you look at Archuleta in the role of Ioana, I'm going to take a step back, let you do what you do great for two rounds, but then as you start to slow down, I'm going to implement my veteran skills. Very heady victory for Archuleta.
1: Yeah, you know, and he, uh, you know, he rolled out a pretty uh, tough storm and, you know, being able to survive on the ground with Patchy Mix with that jujitsu and just his ability to transition from each and every move. It's a tough, you know, tough task, especially to do that for twelve, two two rounds. But then you seen him start to come on as the fight went on and start putting a lot of work into the body and those body shots, you know, hitting to the body, going back up to the top. But going to the body, it really took a lot out of uh, Patchy and it made it so that he wasn't able to implement that dominant grappling game anymore.
0: Yeah, I think it goes to show you there, you're not going to know who you are. We're not going to know as critics and pundits who you are in terms of getting thrown in the deep end until you actually do. Patchy Mix had been, you know, tapping folks quickly. But Archuleta was game in those first two rounds, even though I scored them both for Mix. I thought he was, uh, you know, he was showing the full bag of what he had on the ground. But once you get into that fight late, good God, those body shots, as you mentioned, Rashad, I think even DC was waking up in and uh, grunting in his sleep and not knowing why. Those were uh, <laughs> brutal. This was a strong victory. Very good to see, but a pretty fun fight overall. Uh, to close on Bellator, uh, Look, not bad. Going to the CBS Sports Network, going to have some interplay with the things we do on CBS Sports HQ uh, and our fine folks at Showtime, et cetera. Uh, feels like a good move for them.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's a step in the right direction. And all it needs to have a step in the right direction with the right organization, with the right system around it, and these fighters are going to put on the show. You know what I'm saying? I think that this what these fighters are looking for just to be able to have that stage to just, you know, blast off to the top.
0: And I like the Thursday night card, which is going to be a regular thing. Uh, October 15th, I believe, was the date for that uh, Chris Cyborg title defense against Arlene Blanco. That's going to be the U.S. debut of this new deal. It's all going to kick off October 1st, though, with Paul Daly from uh, Italy. Good stuff there. But let's move on to our second heading of the week. Uh, Rashad, you're a great guy to go to on this one. You were in the building working the broadcast for ESPN. It was the main event of UFC Fight Night, Las Vegas, Apex, all that inside the bubble there. And we saw a fight that was elevated to the main event just weeks before when Glover Teixeira pulled out with COVID. And you had Michelle Watterson, you had yourself, the women's strawweights, my favorite division, Angie Hill, the opponent. And they went five hard rounds. Rashad, this was great theater from two women who went after it. We weren't sure coming in. Is Watterson going in the other direction Why? while... Uh, while Angie was rising, had sort of this late career resurgence in terms of looking like she could be a real contender. Uh, in the end, it was Waterson by a hair. From your perspective, did the judges get it right?
1: Yeah, they got it right. You know, it really came down to me uh, the last 30 seconds. You know, that last 30 seconds when you... Heard Michelle do that war cry, and she's throwing kiosks and yells yeah! in every single punch. You know that extra effort, it really made an impact if you were there, um, because it, it let you know who was the fresher fighter, and uh, it, it just it just kind of made it seem like even the shots that she was catching her with was a little bit harder, and uh, you know also the, the front kicks that she was able to land was, was something that landed big because it, it was so disruptive to the movement of. Angela's progression—that you just had to take note that you know it had it was a factor. So those were the things that scored big for Michelle. Um, But it didn't start out that way. You know, Angela was giving her everything that you know she she could take in the beginning, and and Michelle's face was proving it. You know, just that forward pressure that she had, and you know Michelle. Uh, I mean, Angela didn't really back off that pressure until Michelle started to dive underneath and get those takedowns. And once Michelle landed those takedowns and was able to be a factor on top, then Angela got a little bit more conservative about her her, uh, forward progression. And that's when Michelle started to steamroll with those front kicks. But gutsy performance by both of these ladies.
0: Oh, full on theater, Waterson. I thought she was going to get one of those Mark Hominick growths. You know, like it'd be great for a drug mule to kind of sneak some stuff through when you got a softball sneaking out of <laughs> your head. Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't end up going in that direction. But I think that flurry at the end of f- round five, when it seemed like the fight was up for grabs, whether you believe she was landing full or not, it sells it. And I think it sold it in the end. I had it two two entering that fifth round, and I did think that flurry at the end is what sort of won me over. What's interesting is Watterson was the younger fighter by one year, but Rashad, to be honest, I had thought her idea of being a legit title contender was over when she went in there two fights ago against Ioana Young-Jacek, fought her hard out over five rounds, just couldn't get over that hill against a bigger, better fighter. Yeah, She suffered a tight loss after that by split decision. This was a big win she needed, and I kind of like her comments where she said, look, the division right now, it's always packed and loaded. But you got Tatiana Suarez hurt. You got Rose Namajunas hurt. You've got uh, uh, Mrs. Amanda Nunez going into labor soon for their family. So she's not going. Nina Ansarov not going to be part of that. There's always the idea of if a door opens and you're hot and you're coming off of something. And I mean hot, by the way, in terms of your progression up the ranks, although you know, it might work that way too. Uh, but if you're hot, Rashad, sometimes you can slide in. So this was as strategic a big win as possible for Michelle, who I know you've trained with and are close with. But give me the flip side on Angie Hill. She just can't seem to win these close split decisions. What is she missing, Rashad?
1: You know, I, I, I think she hit it right on the head. You know, I think she's, she's missing a grappling aspect of it. Not that she can't grapple but she doesn't have the kind of game – that you see Michelle has to be able to impose your grappling on somebody. And you know, we've seen in a few fights that Michelle lost, you know, uh, she lost one against Carla Esparza, then she lost another one against young Jacek. And that fight against young Jacek, she was really trying to implement this game that you've seen her pull off uh, against Angela Hill, but it was to no avail that night. But you see the fruits of that labor paid off because what she wasn't able to accomplish on Joanna, she was able to accomplish on angela hill so that's what the same thing angela needs to do she needs to go in there and just start to just deconstruct a game and start to implement you know some grappling and some of these fights and then before you know it you have a complete game and that's what she's really lacking
0: yeah watterson's grappling did seem to turn the tide a couple times hill's exact quote afterwards was i've got to start taking bitches down and hugging them which is a strategy that i used in college not successfully though rashad uh looking back though uh I want it better for Angie Hill. I love the, the rebirth story. She got cut years ago, right? She was part of that original Ultimate Fighter House in 2014 when the division was created. She won the Invicta Championship. She lost a ton. She run three in a row, showed us that she's for real at 35. Uh, she was doing what I thought she needed to do to win over the judges. She was landing hard shots early and walking Waterson down. But like we said, flip of the coin, as close a fight as you can have. And Rashad, have said it before. And I'll say it once more. Uh, I don't usually day drink and I won't today, but I do drink the (laughs) Kalo hemp infused seltzer and I'll pour a little bit out right now for the women of one, one five in the UFC Rashad. What is it about women in general, but 115 pound women that just gets me so damn excited.
1: I don't know what makes them get you so excited, but I'll tell you what gets, makes me get excited about them. I mean, they just got a ferocity that you know you don't really see from uh, from the other women's weight classes. You know, they just seem a little bit more cantankerous than, than the rest of them, and uh, they go out there and lay it on the line. You know, they they definitely have that. Um, they have so much skill set too. You know what I'm saying? They're like the perfect the perfect blend. I like them, too, man.
0: It's the perfect weight. I mean, the divisions yeah, are so is. shallow in UFC at 35, 45. Uh, 25 is a kind of a sarlacc pit, if you will, with Chevchenko on the bottom. And uh, this division is always fireworks. So shout out to all those women. I mean, look, it, it's when you look on the card, the first thing I look for are women's straw weights, okay? All right? It's just the way I'm wired, all right? You're going to have to deal with that, Rashad, okay? You know? <laughs> when Ioana when says boogie woman is coming... Might not be the only one. All right, enough weird stuff, for <laughs> Uh Let's roll on here. Uh, big names in the news for our third topic of the week. And uh, hey, Conor McGregor, back in the police blotter to a degree. He has denied uh, allegations coming out of France. He's on vacation in Corsica. I think there's some kind of world tour on a boat. I'm not sure, but he was in a French bar, and he was uh, detained by police and accused of attempted sexual assault and sexual exhibitionism. His team has... Uh, vehemently denied this there was no arrest yeah uh rashad i'm not really sure you know how we can react to this we don't know the facts in, in this situation this guy is a public figure though and keeps getting attached to this stuff your initial reaction when you heard this was it sort of like all right we'll wait for the facts or was it hey these things are piling up
1: um it was a little bit of both you know uh, at first i was like dang man he's always getting caught up but then i i, I thought about it and then i looked at uh I looked at what they're saying and I looked at the allegations and you know it, this is another allegation it's it, you know it's kind of baseless in a sense you know what I'm saying it's kind of you know uh, you know somebody said that he uh, in decency exposed himself or whatever the case may be but I mean you you're kind of mcgregor you're walking around. It's a circus around him. When people get around him, they act completely nuts. So who's to say what really happened? Who's to say what he really did? You know what I'm saying? And 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 then when you start looking at the facts of the whole situation, you know he's on. Uh, you know he he's on the the boat with the the yacht with his wife and his family and things like that. So when you when you hear the heading of you know sexual assault, it's like one of those things like whoa whoa whoa. But then you know uh, looking at the facts of the situation. It's, it's more of a um, headline grabber than, than actually meat to this whole, to this whole um, allegations, I believe.
0: Yeah, right before those allegations, I believe it was the day before, McGregor posted on Instagram a picture of USADA having found him out there, Rashad, uh, and hit him up with a test, and he made the joke on, on uh, social media that I'm retired, but obviously, look, he's not really retired if no, he's still if- enrolled in the USADA program. Yeah, if you're in that testing pool, you're not
1: retired. But what's remarkable is the fact that they went and found him on the yacht. And there's, you know, there there's some people saying that USADA don't make their way around uh, to these international spots enough. It's just funny that Conor McGregor makes sure he gets one, you know. Rashad, do sure you have any weird him.
0: stories of uh, USADA walking in on the bathroom on you or uh, catching you with your pants down? Nothing, nothing weird here?
1: No, nah, I mean they—they—they'll find you. They'll find you everywhere you go. That's that's one hundred percent sure. You know, they—they they tested me a lot when I was fighting for the UFC. Uh, no matter if I was in, you know, visiting some place, they'll just pop up and be like, hey, uh, we we you know we we know you here. And you know, there's a couple times where I didn't even think, uh, like I didn't, I forgot to put in my whereabouts, and I got in trouble for that. But they find you.
0: Assuming uh, I'm McGregor. I'm really lamenting 2020, right? We all kind of hate 2020. There's been some rough things. Right? We got the quarantine. The damn blank plan- Black Panther died. Uh, Cliff Robinson's not here anymore. There's been a lot yeah. of crap going on. Political tension. And I feel like this derailed what would have been a McGregor UFC comeback. Now, look, him coming back, whether you like it or not, it's not on the level of some of these more serious things. I'm just saying, when he walked in there and destroyed Cowboy Cerrone, whether you believe that was a perfect, you know, get well gift from the UFC or whether you thought he was completely reformed, It looked like he was ready to be busy and fight two to three more times this year and get back in the title picture and all that. And I get what the quarantine and the lack of live gates at least initially did to the idea of these big stars coming back. But, Rashad, you know, people get on us sometimes as journalists. Maybe not you. You're, you got the fighter slash journalist thing going, so you got a, a, you know, another level of cool going on. But for the basement peddlers like myself, the mouth breathers, you know, they're like, oh, you're just a Conor McGregor super fan. Well, you know, we talked about this before. The sport's better when this guy is active. But I'm wondering if I'm drinking the juice... On the idea that he's ever going to be an actual fighter again, more than a once a year giant cash in big opportunity Habib or, you know, some GSP super fight or something. I mean, every day, every month we get closer to him, you know, getting 35 and 40 in terms of age. Rashad, has that ship, pun intended, officially sailed in your eyes that we'll never see McGregor again fight two, three times in a year and try to be an active regular fighter?
1: Yeah, I, don't, I think that ship has sailed. I don't think that we'll we'll see him in a regular fighting role. You know, um, just because every single time, you know, uh, even one of his fights, is just there's so much that goes into it. There's so much that is at stake. There's so much to be gained, and each and every single opponent has to be mapped out, and is. And every time that he fights, it's a blockbuster. So, you know, if you have too many blockbusters in a year, then they kind of ruins your blockbuster, right? So you can't even put him out there that much. So, I mean, yeah. And then not, and not, and not for nothing, I mean, um, you have to kind of protect him in a sense where you want to give him the kind of fights where even if he does lose, it doesn't ruin his value. And um, that's where you're at with McGregor. So uh, I think that's yeah, that's that's a pretty fair assessment, BC.
0: That is what it is, right there. I mean, look, uh, more money, Rashad, more problems. Okay, (laughs) big, right? He he also died shortly after saying that. Uh, Rashad, you did mention blockbuster. I'm looking for your '90s strategy when you would enter the store, right? The, The great VHS tape store. We all wanted to get behind that curtain in the back corner, right? Because you know what's back there, right? What was your strategy? Would you sort of like run to it and just be like, I don't care? Or was it like a casual, let me look at the regular movies next to it and see if anybody's in there?
1: I, I, I would casually do it because most of the time I went there, I probably I went there with my girl, so I really couldn't. <laughs> well,
0: okay. okay. You, were, you were living in a different 90s than I was. All right. Okay. We're getting there. Yeah. Well, look, okay. You were a high school football star. People forget that there, along with the the wrestling as well. All right. Uh, also in the news on the boxing side, it's Big Red. It's Canelo Alvarez, the the globe's biggest boxing star, my number one pound-for-pound king. It doesn't look like he's going to be back in the ring, Rashad, anytime soon. Uh, this broke uh, a day after after we did the show last week, so we didn't get into the impact. But Canelo has filed a 280 million plus lawsuit against Dazone, against Golden Boy Promotions, and against Oscar de la Hoya, his promoter, specifically for uh, you know broken promises, fiduciary duciality, if you will, and a bunch of other stuff. Rashad, I understand specifically his, his gripe with DAZN. I signed a contract for thirty-five million per fight, and you're offering me half that because of the quarantine. That ain't going to work. I don't think you know any court of law, as long as the contracts are written that way, are going to help out DAZN in that case. But do you make anything? And we've we've known about Alvarez's unhappiness with with Golden Boy over the last year, of the idea that he's straight up suing his promoter. Uh, do you think at age, I believe he's what thirty-one? that he could be, or 30, I'm sorry, that he could be prepared for the possibility should this extend. Let's remember Andre Ward in his prime stepped away from the ring for something like two years to try to get out of his promotional deal. He lost in court. There ended up being a settlement afterwards. Uh, Canelo can't stop winning titles and making big checks. You think he's prepared to actually step away from that to win this?
1: No, I I don't think so. And I don't think that, you know, uh the De Hoya Golden Boy promotion is going to let that happen. I think they're going to try to look to uh, appease and try to make, look to amend the situation as, as fast as possible because, you know, they know they were wrong in the whole situation. You know, when, when you know, what happened was Canelo had a, a contract with them where he decides where, who he's going to fight, where he has a last say who he's going to, who he's going to fight. And then when zone came to the picture, Golden Boy and zone. Uh, had a contract, and Canelo wasn't even there when they had their meeting, and in that meeting they discussed the fact that zone will have a say in who Canelo fights. And that's where the whole problem lies, the fact that Canelo's like, hold on, these these people don't got a say in who I fight and when I fight and all that, you know? So that, that's where the, the whole true problem lies, and I think that's something that can be worked out, because that, having Canelo sit out right now, Everyone knows that's a, a lot of money to miss out.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, look, it's bad for the sport, too, right? He he fights yeah. the two Mexican holidays, May and September, the old Floyd and Oscar schedule, if you will, for a reason, and it became like boxing sort of, you know, majors, quote-unquote. Uh, I think Canelo at this point has earned a, a Floyd Mayweather level of, of control over his future. Uh, I don't think it's going to be easy to get out of this Golden Boy contract. I think it's more likely that this was a larger scare tactic, that they'll compromise and figure something out. But I also think that if Canelo Alvarez wants to do what Floyd did or do, let's say what Miguel Cotto did late in his career, where he was only signing one-offs with each promoter or network to try to just, you know bargain out the best opportunity he certainly deserved that this is the Canelo Alvarez era in boxing whether you've recognized it or not post Floyd and Manny although obviously both fighters still kind of lingering in their own way I mean Canelo has given us the best of the best yeah he 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 ingested some tainted meat he's done some things he's got really weird tattoos Rashad on the inside of his left forearm including one of his wife's eyeballs now, Rashad, no. I, I love me, my lady, okay? Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm getting her eyeballs on my left forearm. No. I mean, why, does why your wife have that kind of control on you? No,
1: I mean, that means she's always watching you. That's not a good thing. <laughs> I do things with
0: that hand, you know? I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I, I do want to say this, though. Um, I hope he comes back soon. I hope we can figure this out. But the most bizarre thing that came out of this, it looks like DeZone's only stance is they're claiming – now, they haven't really commented publicly, but we're kind of hearing this around the horn through sources – that they're claiming that Canelo has not given them what was contractually written, which is one, quote-unquote, premier opponent per year. Now, Rashad, they, I think, are arbitrarily going back, right, and saying, well – we don't think Sergey Kovalev and Daniel Jacobs last year were premier. Like, are you kidding me? That's a joke. Right. And now they were trying to say, well, you know, you want to fight Billy Joe Saunders. You want to fight Callum Smith. Those aren't premier. According to a source, and we've seen great reporting from the likes of Dan Rayfield and Mike Coppinger on this, DAZN's list of quote-unquote premier fighters at this point for Canelo are Gennady Golovkin, Jorge Masvidal, Habib Nurmagomedov, and 47-year-old... Oscar De La Hoya.
1: Okay. We got to decide on what we're trying to sell here. And that's, and that's the discussion that needs to be had here. Are we just trying to sell buys or are we really trying to sell a sport with actual real competitors that deserve to be in that position? You know, and I mean, that's what they have to decide. Because at, at the end of the day, I mean, you have somebody who, who boxes and has the technique and just a beautiful skill level of, of, of Canelo you don't muddy him up just by letting him fight anybody. You let him fight the best, you know what I'm saying? You, you want to put him against the best talent because you want to showcase that. It'd yeah. be, be a ripoff to allow you to not let him show the world how great he is against other great talent.
0: I mean, you could do uh, Maymac, by the way, when Floyd's 42 and retired for two years, which they did, and it worked. You can't put Canelo out there against Mosvitol right now. You can't put him against Habib, no. who doesn't throw hands, you know, on the level that he does everything else. Uh, I mean, the, the the De La Hoya thing's laughable. Although, look, I do wonder if we are headed into that direction given the uh, unhappiness between them. But uh, yeah, that look, this is the zone, and and you know they've done a lot of great. they picked up a lot of below the radar big time fights and made it accessible for us, so we're not out there getting the uh, Russian malware trying to f- track down the illegal stream. But uh you, you no nah, nah, bro. they, the they can that- they
1: can't get caught up in the whole like circus type of promotion like that's not that's not something you want to fall into initially that's well, something did. that kind of they did the happens. youtubers
0: you Rashad, they're the master of the of the oh, damn pole yeah, brothers that's so yeah, right. that's it right it is on that's brand. Right. Uh, that is right that it's that like but mad. look like Canelo doesn't have that reputation of not taking tough fights did he wait out triple G a year and a half yes but outside of that, he's always faced the best of the best. F- fought Floyd when they didn't think he should have. You know the story. Fought Trout, Lara oh, yeah. back then when he sh- when he didn't have to. Just moved up to fight Kovalev. I don't care if you think Kovalev is washed. He's a he's a huge puncher. It was a fight that mattered. So shout out to Big Red. He's done a lot of great for the sport. Uh, tattoos. You know, notwithstanding. All right, let's roll on here. Rashad, we got a fight this Saturday night uh, on the UFC side, the fight night, Las Vegas. That is definitely very interesting, given their history of as former teammates at ATT uh, grudges against each other. And now some interesting pivotal, let's say, uh, positioning in the welterweight division when Colby Covington, coming off of that title loss, goes in there against Tyron Woodley, who's coming off multiple despondent losses. Rashad, I think the narrative here, despite Donald Trump's uh, endorsement this morning on social media of Colby Covington, is, uh, is T. Wood cashing himself out because his title loss to Kamaru Usman, his subsequent loss to Gilbert Burns, I just didn't see a guy who wanted to pull the trigger. I could have very easily have seen... Tyron Woodley retire, take an easier fight, take some time off, figure some things out. He's going right back into the Lions' den against a game fella in Colby Covington. What the heck are we supposed to expect right now from T? What a guy I love. Give me some Tyron Woodley. I love that man.
1: Man, we're supposed to expect a dogfight. You know, uh, Tyron's fighting for his career. He's fighting for his life as he know it, as he know it for the last few years. You know, um, when you're in a position like Tyron, you're trying to, uh, you know, go back in time and try to you know, uh, experience what you once had and, and you'll give anything for that. And at that point, at this point that he's at right now, he doesn't believe that he doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't believe that he's lost a step and he, you know, he knows where his trouble has lied as far as just mentally not being prepared, going into the fights and not mentally staying on and being distracted, having too many things going on outside of his fights that pulls attention away. So those are the things that, you know, he, he knows, but, um, He's fighting a really uphill battle because now his confidence has been chipped away. You know, losing the way that he has against Gilbert and against Kamaru, you know, that starts to beat up at your confidence, that starts to beat up at your ego, but he's, he's been able to, I guess, rebuild, you know, himself a bit, you know, having training camp with Masvidal, getting some mind wine from his coach, Gene Thomas, about just, you know, accepting that feeling, accepting that fear that he has, you know, just, you know, from losing like that. So he's making the right steps. But he's going against a very, very, very tough Kobe Covington. And a quiet Kobe, a very quiet very Kobe quiet. is a dangerous Kobe.
0: Well, I felt like, you know, this fight should have been, you know, could have been a giant sort of pay per view type fight, but there's almost no buzz around it. And I think, look, when you get a typical grudge match, we were going to expect a lot of fighting, you know, in interviews and TV. We really didn't see any of that. And I think, obviously, it's dumbed down or, or watered down by the fear we have of what's left with Woodley because this has some some sneaky action potential here, especially since Colby is looking to use his hands more. And uh, I just don't have that confidence that T. Wood's going to go in there and let the hands go. We talked about this in the past, Rashad. I love his welterweight title run. I think it was very underrated. He didn't get the support promotionally from UFC and Dana White. They were always sort of fighting. What he did on that stretch and went in there, and beat each guy from Walt Lawler through Till through Mayo, uh, Thompson at what they do best, basically. But each of those fights, except for maybe the first uh, uh, Wonder Boy one, which was a draw, he was the leader in those fights. He dictated the terms and the game plan. He was almost like a front runner. And I wonder if that sort of changed him as a fighter, right? He didn't have to bring right. out the dog in most of those fights because job one, game plan A, was completely successful. Uh, when he was forced to be in that spot against Usman and Gilbert Burns, it wasn't that he tried and failed. I don't think he tried. You know, there was, there was, a, there was, a, fa- there was a failure to, to launch. There was The wires were crossed up here. I hope that knowing what's at stake, mainly his future and reputation, to be really honest with you, I don't want to see him go quietly into the night. I want to see him throw some hands. And if he does, Rashad, Colby and Usman aren't the same fighter. Usman was mm-hmm. able to ground and pound and ragdoll. Will Covington have that same advantage, potentially, should he want to bring it out onto Woodley?
1: Well, yeah, I, I totally agree. And if it, for me, if you want to look and try to find the, the black box, you know, if you say, uh, where things started to go wrong for Tyron, I think you have to look at the rap albums. You know, I think, you know, not, not to try to diss them or nothing like that, but those are the kind of things that lead you from doing what you're what you're supposed to be doing you know um not saying that you can't branch out and broaden your brand out but when it starts to pull at your attention and your focus on what you need to be focusing on being champion then that's when it becomes a problem and i think all those other things that tyrone getting caught up with the whole hollywood lifestyle i think those are the kind of things that start to really chip at that armor of being a champion because you can't be a champion and be Hollywood at the same time. It just doesn't match. You know what I'm saying? You, like like Hagler said, you know, it's hard to wake up in the morning and train when you wake up in silk sheets.
0: That's true. That's true. I don't have silk sheets, but I'm sure that's true, Rashad. <laughs> uh, Ronda Rousey did find out that juggle with Hollywood didn't work out the same way. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I, lo- I love T-Wood. I hope he can at least give his best effort and we'll see if that's good enough. For Colby Covington, though, because his brand is, is sort of uh, facing upward despite that title loss to excuse me, Kamaru, in which they went five vicious rounds before the late stoppage. Do you think this secures a title shot with a win here, knowing that Gilbert Burns is probably going to get the next one, or he is going to get the next one officially, and then you still have Leon Edwards lingering around saying, what else do I have to do?
1: I think it all depends on how he does this fight. You know, if it's a very impressive win, then people are going to be calling for that fight with uh, Kamaru right away. You know, if, if, he looks, if he goes in there and he looks super impressive and looks better than Kamaru did against Masvidal, then people are gonna be calling for that fight. Um, You know, one thing about Kobe is is the fact that, you know, people learned so much about him in that fight with Kamaru. We knew that he was tough, we knew that he was, you know, beating people by landslide, but we just didn't know how tough to gauge his toughness compared to somebody like Kamaru. But in that fight with Kamaru, we learned a lot about Kobe, and we learned that he has not only a lot of mouth, he got action behind it. So, you know, people are starting to look at him with new eyes, and um, you know, T. Wood is in for the five of his life. You know, it's 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 really it's really a tough position to be in when you're in there with somebody who talks as much mess as Kobe, and you just can't lose to him. That 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 has to suck. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: yeah. Look, they I mean they used to sell the drama between them uh, much better back in the day in terms of trash talk back and forth, and Kobe saying that you know he made woodley tap out and cry and all that uh we'll see here it's going to be a very interesting bout five rounds uh i hope woodley pulls the trigger i'd like to see some wrestling i'd like to see the t would have old make a little bit of comeback but as we found out rashad it's not you know sometimes it could be in your head not in your body or 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 you know vice versa you've been there down the end of your career when yeah you still carry yourself as a champion but if everything's not aligning right right then you know mind body soul spirit all that it, well, it is hard, it is hard. Yeah,
1: well, I, think, I think Dean Thomas, he, he did a post about it this weekend that really just uh, solidified what what it is, you know, that happens to you as you get older as a fighter. He said, when you're in your 20s, you wanna fight everybody. But then, you know, as you get older, you, you don't wanna fight everybody. You know, you, you'd rather sit down and buy him a beer, or buy him a dinner, you know what I'm saying? Just because you start to cerebral uh, cerebrally start moving in a different way, and uh, mentally, you just don't look at fighting the same way and you don't feel fighting the same way. So at that point, when you reach the same point, you have to recalibrate why you're doing it. You're not doing it for the same reasons as you were doing it when you started it when you were much younger. Now you have to recalibrate that and say, okay, now I'm doing it for this and truly believe it and get behind that belief like you did the first time.
0: Uh, Rashad, this is a pretty damn good undercard. This is like a, uh, you know, Applebee's two apps for $20 special type deal. There's a lot of little fixings on here that I'm interested in sampling here. If you had to look up and down, I'm going to want to know which storyline on the undercard are you most excited for? I'm going to hit you right off the top. Don Cerrone's coming off of four straight losses, and he's going in there against an absolute savage in this co-main event against Nico Price. We've seen the cowboy, Rashad, just as you're ready. To mark him as washed and done, dig deep and pull. I mean the Alexander Hernandez fight. Dig deep and remind you exactly who he is. Um, I hope he can do that here because, as much as Cowboy is like, you know Zufa for life and the ultimate company man, it's hard to, for them to keep promoting you when you've suffered five straight defeats, especially many of them by knockout. I think we're going to see a Cowboy who's really going to pour it out in there, and this could be some freaking violent theater. Are you ready for this?
1: I'm ready for this, and it's definitely gonna be some violent theater. I mean, first of all, Nico Price is an absolute maniac inside the octagon. Uh, just looking at some of his highlights and some of the fights that he, you know, he, he's won. You know, he finds a way to get it done in the most odd and most bizarre ways sometimes, but he gets it done, and he's got a dog in him. You know, he's he's one of those guys that uh, he likes to take a beating before he goes in there and, and finish you off. And um, you know, Cowboy has to find a way to to, to not even uh, give way to any of that. You know, he has to continue to put the pressure on right from the start and uh, dive into some of his his game and some of his tools that he don't really use. I'm telling you, Cowboy has the most amazing jujitsu I've I've ever I've ever seen, but he doesn't use it enough. And I think if he starts to use it enough as he gets older, he can squeeze out a few more years or, ske- or, or a few more wins.
0: Yeah, Cowboy Dad and his wife just had another child. I I forgot what they named it, like something outdoorsy that that doesn't make a lot of sense. But shout out to the Cowboy family right there. Rashad, any other subhead quickly uh, jumping out to you on this card? Uh, I mean, I like me some Johnny Walker back. Listen, listen, Kamzat
1: Shemayev, hands down to me, hands down, is probably the best athlete fighter I've ever, ever seen in real life training. Wow. Swear to God, I'm not, I'm not, I'm 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 not playing. I'm not playing. Forever, ever. Like, 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 I mean, he's pretty dope, man. He's pretty dope. I was watching him train at Couture's gym uh, just a few days ago and his creativity, his ability, his vision and sight is, is on the next level, man. He's, 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 I mean, like he's. I can't say ever, ever, because of course I've seen some great challenges, but you I said would say ever
0: ever, Rashad. You well, said I mean, it, though, okay, okay, right?
1: I, ever, ever ever's a long time. He's yeah. <laughs> he's got some skill. I I will say this. He's he's um people should be worried about him. They really you know, we, should be we, worried about we him. We
0: wanna learn our lessons of overhyping guys. We talked about this a lot. But he you know, you know, because you can have a Sage Northka, you can have a Tom Dukinwa, a uh, Hu Choi, you know, these guys are like, oh, my God, they're going to be the next thing. And then it just doesn't happen. But he does really have that sort of next level thing going, not just his aggression, but the attitude for him to so easily rip all these elite fighters and call them out and laugh at them. I saw that video where he dropped Gustafson with a body shot and sparring. Uh, What's interesting here against Gerald Mearshart is they're already talking about making the Demian Maia fight for uh, Chemayev and, and Mir- Mirshard, not happy about that. He's taking the whole underdog overlooking me approach. Uh, that should make him fired up. This could be a good one, Rashad. This
1: could be it, good it could one. be definitely a good one. I mean, you know, uh, it will be a good one. I just, I just when I, when I look at Chemayev, you know, he has an ability on the ground. And we've seen him just dominate guys on the ground and just have that Habib-type game. But what i seen from him at Couture's gym was like, Some unboxed stuff. Like he was, he was honestly like, like doing some creative stuff and just the way he was moving in and out, um, his setups, his vision, seeing things coming at him. It was, uh, it was amazing, man. I think that, you know, when it comes to overall game, you know, he's, he's definitely top of the ladder in his weight class and soon the world is going to find out.
0: This card also giving us a women's strawweight special, Mackenzie Dern and Random Marcos, which whew, I can get down with that every day of the week. Uh, that's not the only big-time fisticuffs this weekend. Showtime championship boxing back, back at you with a bang. And this is, as we know, an absolutely loaded era for the 154-pound division, junior middleweight, super welterweight, whatever you want to call it. Uh, 99% of the fighters that matter are under that, that, uh, that, premier boxing champions banner we know a week from next weekend september 26th we're going to get that double charlo pay-per-view and specifically jermel charlo putting his title on the line against jason rosario who won those two titles at 154 by knocking out jrock williams three of the four titles will be at stake well the winner of that fight could be on the hook to face the winner of this one on Saturday night when 25-year-old Erickson Lubin goes in there against Terrell Gaucher. Rashad, this is a sneaky good matchup here at 154 because – Gauthier may have either lost or maybe not always looked the best when he step up to the very elite level, but I look at him as a sneaky out, a guy with Olympic pedigree and experience, a guy who can really box and he's tough. I thought he beat Austin Trout in his last fight, but he got a draw. Obviously, the big name coming in here is Erickson Lubin, the younger guy, but both guys can win this fight. And when you're talking about the winner being a mandatory for that WBC title and the fact that the winner of Charlo Rosario is going to have to fulfill that mandatory, we're starting to put the storylines together. You know, I beat this guy. I'm going to have to fight this guy. Division's loaded. We got Erislandy Lara. We got J-Rock Williams, Jarrett Hurd, Brian Costano, Tony Harrison. We got enough for like a 12-man tournament. But uh, how much have you seen, Rashad, of the hammer, Erickson Lubin? Because this guy's hungry.
1: I've seen a bit of him, i watched a few highlights of him, Uh, you know, he's got super fast hands and just, um, you know, he's got that dog in him, you know, I think that, you know, um, being knocked out by Charlo is really kind of lit a fire under him and he's kind of got this mentality where, you know, he feels like the underdog. He feels like people are counting him out. You know, um, there there's, there's nothing that's going to keep him down. I was watching some videos when he was training, you know, during a pandemic and was just, you know, mentally motivating himself. But you know, he's, he knows that he talked himself into, uh, talked himself into this fight. You know what I'm saying? Calling out Gosha and, and just, you know, talking all that trash. And whenever you talk that trash, You have to train at this level. You have to because that that trash talking, that does not sit well when you got your butt whipped.
0: Yeah, look, Lupin is hungry. I have not heard this level of trash talk out of him before. I talked to him last week about this fight, and he's fired up. He thinks it's his time now to become the face of this division. We mentioned 25 years old. And he now thinks that loss to Jermel Charlo in 2017, first-round KO, it was devastating, right? He now looks at that as a blessing in disguise, something that he ultimately needed to have happen to him in order to... Uh, Learn what he needed to learn. And since then, he's bounced back. 3-4, good-looking wins. He retired Ishe Smith. He came in there against Nathaniel Gallimore in his last one and looked absolutely fantastic. Just shut him down. Uh, he's hungry and ready. He's got that big left hand. He called him the hammer for a reason. But he's a guy who could have gone the long Olympic amateur route and made that decision at, what, 18 to turn pro. Originally promoted by Mike Tyson. And he's really working himself together. I love the relationship he's having right now with Coach Kevin Cunningham. He's a tough ass, doesn't take no crap, has a history of working well with soft like devon alexander so this is going to be a good fight because gaucher if they make this a x's and o's battle i could see him really banking some rounds and getting in there it's going to be up to lubin to let that left hand go and be the aggressor and make a statement here and Rash- rashad as we mentioned uh i can't wait for that charlo rosario fight uh i love me some of these lions only charlos but uh jermel's gonna have a fight have you seen this guy banana jason rosario it's a big right hand brother
1: yeah, yeah, he does have a big right hand, and uh, and Charlo's gonna have to watch out for that. You know, whenever you're going against a guy with that big right hand, that has the ability to get you out of that one big right hand. You can be hot for the whole night, but you always got to make sure that big right hand. But Charlo is so defensively sound, you know, and just and just got that that presence in, in, in the uh, the ring that I don't think that big right hand is gonna be a factor. I think he's gonna find a way to neutralize it and just do what he does.
0: Can't wait for that. Don't forget, September 26th, Showtime Pay-Per-View. I don't know if you want to call it the intermission, the halftime show, but MK's got you covered. Your boy, BC, Luke Thomas, on the Pay-Per-View broadcast, right? 7 p.m. Eastern start. Two separate three-fight cards in the middle for a half hour. You're going to get yourself some morning combat, okay? So how about that, all right? I'll wear my best T-shirt. Let's do it. From the bubble, Mohegan Sun, fired up indeed. That'll wrap it up for our big topics of the week. Rashad, we now transition to a segment where the people speak, okay? They want to be heard, the viewers, the listeners were deep in their ear hole each week. It's time to hear DMs uh, from dogs. Uh, uh full disclosure here, we have not been briefed on these, so we're going to do it on the fly here at Dip three eight eight six going to kick us off so rashad this one's a little bit sexy i like this with (laughs) dustin poirier having pulled out of the negotiations claiming that the ufc doesn't want to pay him to fight tony ferguson at ufc 54 sorry 254 in that co-main event what would be your ideal choice to replace poirier against tony ferguson dip has offered michael chandler or charles Oliveira as potential options
1: I like that Michael Chandler. I think that'd be a great fight for Michael Chandler to come into. It'd be tough. It'd be a baptism by fire. But at the same time, you know, Chandler's at a, you know, Chandler's not the youngest kid on the block. He don't have time to sit up there and march his way all the way up through the uh through the rankings and you wants to come in there and make an impact, there would be no bigger impact. Oh god, than going he'd be a title challenger
0: a- tomorrow if he won that fight. I mean That's that'd, that'd be I'm massive.
1: Saying. Yeah.
0: Whew. Um I'm still interested to see where this free agency goes if if Chandler and Bellator can come back to terms and we can get, you know, into making that rematch with Pitbull or whether it's time, you know, at 34, looking great. It's time to go in the UFC. This is uh, as tough of a on the dream list of matchups for Michael Chandler to debut against, right? We talked about Paul oh, Felder yeah. would be great. Kevin future champion Kevin Lee would be great. Yeah, Tony Ferguson would be even better. And if we can't get Poirier Ferguson, which I really think was going to be in the discussion for best non-title UFC fight in history, really. Rashad, it's up there with Evans versus Rampage, right? First guy to tear the door (laughs) off the socket. People forget, hey, it did a million pay-per-view buys back when... Hey, they forget. I don't want to say they back forget. when that meant something. It means something today to do a million plus pay-per-view buys. All right. So shout out to that grudge match in the power of the ultimate fighter back then in drawing ratings. Um, Give us a full disclosure here on the set of tough with, with, uh, with rampage Jackson, a was that door uh, made out of anything, but fly paper and B <laughs> did you guys really come close to breaking contracts and throwing in the, uh, in the tough house?
1: Yeah, that, that, that door was a cardboard door pretty much uh they expect them to get broke fighters lose all the time and punch them so they make them pretty flimsy uh and yeah we we came to blows almost came to blows a few times to the point where you know Dana had to you know like put us to the side and like listen 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 we we cannot have you guys fight at all because it was getting to the point where every single time we see each other
0: it was like on sight that's still the best season of tough now that's the heavyweight season correct yeah that had Kimbo Roy Nelson Mitch Rion Showtime's Brendan Schaub checking in yep. there as well so uh, uh yeah you got a any lot good of memories stars. Of, of did you coach Schaub Nah, yeah I did I did I did coach him I to coached Schaub okay. yep we'll forgive him for him picking Connor to knock out Floyd but outside of that we love ourselves some Brendan <laughs> Schaub in these parts all right uh Rashad yeah um I, you know Ferguson uh, Connor would be great not gonna happen if it's either of those names mentioned, if it's uh, anyone from Felder to, to Kevin Lee, it, really, you can't go wrong here. You do want a really big one, though. You want to reward Ferguson for taking the, the interim title opportunity against Gaethje on such short notice. Obviously, if either Habib or Gaethje get hurt, Tony's going to be the one who slides in there. So a lot of big things. But you want to give
1: Ferguson something soon because I think the fact that he stayed out for so long was the main reason why uh, he got smashed up against, against Gaethje like that. Fair. Very fair. I mean, not right. saying, not 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 trying to take anything away from Gaethje. I'm just saying, like, I think that you know the starting and the stopping and just not being active is really what no, for Rashad,
0: this. No, Rashad, this is the real show. We take things away from people on the show, right? Okay? <laughs> I'll take away your innocence if you watch this <laughs> enough. Okay, thank you. Hey, let's move on from Danny from at Danny Warner G. Danny Warner G. He says, if Habib is so focused on legacy. Why has he never talked about going up a weight class and doing the double champ thing? Ooh, interesting, Rashad. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard Habib say it or be against it. I mean, could you imagine him wanting a Kamaru Usman for all the marbles, champ champ, welterweight pop? Um, No, nah,
1: I can't because that, that, that right there is, is um, it would be too ego-driven. For Habib, I think that you know he's 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 one of those fighters who, uh, you know, he wants to beat everyone in his weight class, and, and he doesn't you know feel the need to go up or anything like that. I feel like he, and especially since he has a relationship with Kamaru, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think that he would do that. I think if if it was somebody like GSP out of weight class, I think that would be the only exception. But I think he's a, he's he's trying to just solidify things in his own weight class.
0: And look, Danny Warner G has written this in a, in a sense that it sounds like he's sort of taking a shot at Habib. Um, I get it now, you know, there is a Holy grail element in becoming a a two division champion to a degree. I also think it's been overplayed and bastardized and more people have gotten opportunities at that than maybe didn't deserve it. I mean, look, like that Holly Holm GDR fight could have gone the other way and Holm could have been a two division champion. Doesn't mean, you know, that, that changes her legacy too much. Uh, Good God, Durandami could have been a two-division champion if she had beat Amanda that time. So, you know, Sohudo got it at a time. I didn't think he deserved it yet. Since then, he's said, look, I'm one of the best ever. You know, fight me on that. And I think he's right. Um, I don't think it's a slight against Habib. He has the opportunity, Rashad. And you and I talked about this ad nauseum on our podcast that should he go the distance, beat Gaethje, and then do that retirement bout next April, whether it's against Tony, Connor, GSP, whatever... In this modern day era, good Lord, if you retire undefeated at this level that 's that's, an, that's yes. a, you know it 's both equally overrated and underrated, but at the same time it 's super impressive to be able to do that. He will be in that conversation with John Jones if he pulls it off, whether Luke Thomas wants to believe it or not absolutely
1: absolutely and that and that to me. It, that solidifies his legacy more than anything and like you said i think too much has been made about the double champ and all that stuff you know it, it's it's truly about the body of work and and who you've beaten and the way you've beat him and you know i don't i don't think that he's even lost a round you know i think maybe he lost maybe one round one to Conor. Well, won a con- well, let's to be honest. Connor,
0: Your boy Gleison Tibau won a couple rounds against him, but the judges didn't recognize it. But Connor has officially won a round against
1: him. Yeah, Connor, Connor won a round against him. That's right, Connor did win a round against him. So, I mean, that that's greatness. That's legacy right there.
0: Now, uh, obviously, if any Habib legacy discussion, you're going to counter back and look at the injuries, the time off, the uh, the fa- times he couldn't take fights due to fasting, all that stuff. He didn't fight in the end. If he only has two more. The amount of names we would have loved him to, but when you go that that type of stretch with losing one round, I mean, I'm sorry, like you're, you you know, he will smash your boy. He's he's the real. So there it it's is. Smash! Right. I smash. Yeah, just send him the damn location. Uh, from <laughs> at Leah M O'Brien. I can't tell if this is an Irish male or if this is a lady. Wow, we got some females watching the show. Shout out to that. They want to know Rashad Evans of all your walkout songs in your career, which one was your favorite? step into a world
1: the 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 the, the, the uh krs1 song step oh, nice. into the world man yeah that was
0: what stretch of your fights did you use that
1: i use them for a little bit i use it when i fought rampage and i use it like during that during that whole time i i think i changed it up once i lost a few times but okay.
0: Whatever while fight, while whatever song it. you used against Sam Alvey, let's never, let's <laughs> delete
1: it from I, iTunes account. I think right? I, didn't, I didn't, I think I didn't come out to no music today. No, no, <laughs> to I that, think, man. yeah, yeah, that
0: was it. Uh, who, <laughs> what did you choose against John? Was that KRS-One against John Jones?
1: I don't know. It wasn't KRS-One. I can't remember what I used against John Jones. I do what, but... what
0: is the biggest, like, you, you have a Hall of Fame career. You freaking knocked out Chuck Liddell with one punch. You also won the UFC title. But you had that big selling pay-per-view with Rampage. You had the damn, um, you know, grudge match with John. What's the what's the biggest night of your career? Not in terms of, like, accomplishment. What do you think was the highest platform you reached? Was it the John fight? Um, yeah, uh, I mean, that mattered.
1: That yeah, mattered, it, sure. no, it it did, it did matter. It did matter. Uh, but I think the Rampage one was, was a true one because I think that one kind of pulled people in more. You know what I'm saying? Because of the beef with me and rampage and the fact that it was on, you know, uh, on ultimate fighter show. And it was, you seen him beef for weeks and weeks and weeks. So it had much more of a buildup, you know?
0: Yeah. How about two black men pull, pulling off 1 million buys on the pay-per-view there? A lot of people uh, got behind that same thing with Angela Hill becoming the first African-American female this past weekend to uh headline a UFC card. So good on all of that. Uh, let's go on at crowned terror. Rashad, everybody always asks, Who hit the hardest? But with all respect, who hit you and you thought to yourself, wow, I didn't even feel that. Love you guys. Thanks. A little bit of a loaded question here, (laughs) Rashad.
1: Who who hit me hardest? I think Keith Jardine hit me the hardest. I remember fighting Keith Jardine. That was a great fight,
0: by the way, from The Ultimate Fighter. People never talk about that fight.
1: Yeah, that was a great fight. He hit me and uh, like I remember, like for a minute, I went out and then I woke up and then I thought the referee hit me. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it was just like one of those. It was like one of those things. You know, it was
0: Masagoti. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that was one of them. And and the, and the hardest blow I ever received in a fight that I f- immediately felt because sometimes you don't really immediately feel the, the hits in a fight was when I got kicked in the eye against uh, against. Um, oh my gosh! I took my tongue. Not Glover. Not Glover. It was uh, Sam Hoger. Sam oh, Hoger. One yes, of When my first yes. fight, he, it was a third round. Everything was going beautiful. And he threw a kick, and it hit me in the eye. And immediately, it was like the worst pain I've ever felt in my life, man. It was terrible. But that, that was it. And who All did right, I the, fight? The sp- you know did- the real
0: spirit of this question, Rashad. They want to know... With all respect, who hit you, and you thought to yourself, "Wow, I didn't even feel that." I know the story you're about to tell. Tell the damn Machida story. Do it. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I can't say what I
1: mean. Machida, Machida did. He at first he wasn't really thumping with anything, but then he did come with some power. But I'll say whoever punch, who punched me, I just didn't really feel it. Um, uh, um, believe it or, I, I would I would say. Believe it or not, it was probably it was probably Brad Imes. Brad Imes hit You're me. Just walking the,
0: through those. We're walking through the big. Six yeah, I I,
1: I, well, I remember. I remember he hit me with a couple punch, and I was like, they didn't hurt as bad as I thought they would hurt. You know what I'm saying? I thought I you remember, were going to
0: set me up with the uh, Machita give you a little okey doke, little tap, 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 and then he brought the pain. All right. You,
1: you know. You know. Here's here's the thing about it. it's like like when you get punched in a fight. You know, if, if it's always the ones you don't see, that's always the one that rock you. Even if the guy doesn't have much power, those are the ones that rock you because you don't have a chance to brace for it. So, um, you know, that's why it makes it hard to say who hits the hardest. You know what I'm saying? Because all these guys got different powers compared to just based on how much you are ready for it.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Love the insight. Thank you. Uh, from at Brian C. Campbell, Rashad, which Shevchenko sister do you think is hotter? Oh, I'm sorry. That was the wrong. That was me. At Guwap Macaroni. Is there there's some racial slurs in there? I don't know. But Rashad, if it was allowed, would you fight on acid or shrooms? Wow. Very woke well question here for 2020 medication
1: um i out shrooms 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 definitely uh you know i, I used to train on shrooms i'll do a microdose and i'll train on shrooms wow. you make yeah you just can't make sure sh- you got to make sure you just don't do too much but what happens you know whenever i trained on on shrooms is it kind of like uh it makes everything slow down like the matrix it, it, it was crazy you just got to make sure you do the right dose because you you know uh you can get into that zone where you kind of feel a little too good, and then, then it's not good for sparring. But there, wow. there is a we certain... We
0: got USADA on line one here, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> Retroactively, yeah.
1: There, there is a certain dose where you can, you can get, you can take, and you just be totally plugged in. I know some fighters who actually fight on, on mushrooms, and they, and they love it.
0: Oh, wow, okay, okay. I guess we're going to have to end that story there. But uh, <laughs> uh, what would it take to have a morning combat outing in which you, myself, Luke Thomas, I don't know, we went to like Joshua Tree and we licked toads together and had the <laughs> cameras rolling. And uh, I'll I'll dig deep, Rashad. I'll I'll find the inside of myself. Okay.
1: Let's do it. I think I think that'd be a great idea, man. I think we got the cameras rolling. I think that we'll we'll have a very uh, cathartic experience.
0: I got a I got a perfect shaman. His name is Producer Jay. Can we bring him in, Jay? Is there? <laughs> Jay. Jay would, you, Jay, would you facilitate this, Jay?
2: Uh, I would facilitate it. I don't know how much uh, partaking I would do in all the uh, good times, but um, I would definitely facilitate it. I think it would be good entertainment. Jay, you know Quality. they're calling you
0: uh, Jet Engine Jay on, on social media. You know you had a rough week. People are coming for you, uh, coming for your job, coming for your reputation.
2: Um, somebody slid into my DMs, and uh, I immediately bought a new Nest camera. I'm just going to leave it there.
0: Okay, all right, Jay. Hey, I did case, I did
2: send it I did send it to you for proof though in case uh, you know case things you go too killed. far. Rashad, yeah. success
0: brings out haters, right? I mean, Yeah, had,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. You, know, you one time had to
0: beat up those drunken dudes in that hotel room, right? Great <laughs> right. Uh, Rashad, that'll wrap up that. Why don't we go into uh, I don't know, the greatest segment in combat sports history. Here's what it is, Rashad. We scour the globe for the good, the bad, the ugly From Combat Sports and Beyond. You haven't seen these videos. I want your immediate reaction. It is. Have you seen this shit? Jay, hit me with the horns money. All right, Rashad, we start from Saturday night UFC Fight Night in Las Vegas, the post-game show on ESPN. Karen Bryant, Rashad Evans and Anthony Smith shopping at the same store. Rashad, what's going on here, bro? Oh my gosh.
1: Look, I had no idea he was even going to wear that. Look, we we didn't even talk about what we we're going to wear on wardrobe day. Uh and he surprised me with the whole, the whole exact... Because Anthony was saying, yeah, I got a blue suit. And he just left it at that. So I'm like, okay. He said, it's a little bit different than yours. And he's seen the color of my suit. So I didn't think anything of it. Next day, he
0: pulls out a damn near identical suit. Yeah, it was... <laughs> and a tie. It was, uh, it was awesome. Uh, is there any sort of tension? Because you guys have shared the octagon before.
1: Nah, we're actually really, really cool, man. We like we're like really cool, like really good friends. It's it's That's surprising. Awesome. It was kind of weird at first, but then like uh I don't know. It just kind of feels like we we're just like natural friends. It was
0: Yeah, Luke Thomas's favorite fighter of all time. Don't let him hear any differently. All right, we also had some highlights from this card. <laughs> Hit me with a j Lightweights, Atman Isatar, sending Kama Worthy to the deep dark depths, Rashad. Ooh. How about this KO one?
1: Yeah, that right there was was amazing because nobody knows who Ottman is, and uh, you know you look at him and he doesn't seem as if like he should hit that hard, but. His in the pocket punching, the education going high, low, going back high again. That's some good boxing. Yo, when Worthy you got that kind been, of punching.
0: Yeah, Worthy had been red hot, and you told me before the fight, Otman was live. They call you Mystic Shod on CBS Sports HQ due to your betting picks for Shod. You're on fire. You're absolutely on fire, all right? Hey, I
1: mean, you know. I do pick them. I do pick them. All right.
0: Speaking of that, let's go deeper on the card. Featherweights, Billy Quarantillo was in a war with Kyle Nelson. A lot of back and forth, but we open up round three. Seven seconds in. One hit-a-quit-a, Rashad, because that's all it took. This guy, Billy Q, don't call him Quarantillo. He's removing that pronunciation from his name. Um, He's on fire, Rashad. He gets hit, though, but he's on fire.
1: Man, Billy Q is, it, it, first of all, he's from Western New York. He's from Ransomville. That's pretty close to where I, I grew up from, I grew up at. And um, he can get it done on the ground. He can strike. But that power that he showed in that right hand and the vision that he showed, it just shows this guy has a high ceiling. But that that punch, hearing it live, it was like, oh, my, I grabbed my eye. It was just so concussive and loud. It, it, it had a thud to it where it, when you were there, you like it sounded like something broke, like he broke an orbital socket or something.
0: Oof. He's been under the radar, one of the biggest uh, surprises of the quarantine, right? Hannah Cypher is oh, yeah. still taking quarantine Ls, unfortunately, but this is Billy <laughs> Q rising. Uh, let's move on. Heavyweight's on this undercard. Rashad, somebody's getting beat by a man with titties. It's Alexander Romanov giving the fat guy suplex on Roki Martinez. Hey, this guy Romanov afterwards was calling out the entire division. Um, you. I don't know how they made 265, Rashad, but you down with this guy?
1: I mean, he had some hell of a throw, but he has a nice B cup, too, or maybe (laughs) C cup. But listen, he can get down. I mean, when when it comes to what the heavyweight division uh, is lacking, he has what they're lacking. So he can definitely go in there and make an impact. But I, I need to see more with the hands. You know, I didn't really get to see what he had to offer from his hands and really transition it into some meaningful grappling uh, takedowns.
0: Michael Bisping had the joke that this uh, re- checked the reinforcement of the octagon. It reminded me of the greatest fat guy suplex of all time. We go back in the Wayback Machine to 2011 WWE Raw. Mark Henry getting the big show up, Rashad. Very reminiscent of Saturday Night, only the ring couldn't hold them.
1: Oh my gosh, that's exactly what it was. I-, I couldn't believe that throw. And then he had the nerve to throw his His corner afterwards, but, I mean, look at this throw right here. Dang, that's a lot of power right there. That
0: had to be every bit of, like, 800 pounds. (laughs) Luke Thomas would not allow this if he was here. All right, let's go on. Bellator 246, the co-main event. Neiman Gracie submitting 42-year-old John Fitch with a kind of interesting reverse uh, 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 knee bar, uh, whatever you call that thing, Rashad. But afterwards, Mr. Fitch leaving the gloves in the center of the cage uh, Rashad, he's had a very sort of demonized career. Yet you look, there's a lot of wins on that career. He called it, "I'm too old. I'm 42. There's nothing left to accomplish." How will you remember John Fitch, uh, good or bad?
1: Uh, good. You know, he, he he was a really good fighter, and then um, the fighting game kind of made him cynical, and just kind of he lost his love for fighting. And once he lost his love for fighting, you know, just the passion and, and what he put behind it kind of went away way as well. And he kind of lingered on for a while. But, um, you know, he was a force, and, and he definitely was, uh, at one time, one of the toughest guys in the UFC. Uh,
0: Dana White never loved him. Uh, there was a lot of, like, Cinemax B-movie level sex positions he'd pull off, but, you know, he had won something like seven in a row then had the draw with Rory McDonald, and then this fight. So he had been active and successful in, uh, in World Series of Fighting onto Bellator, but uh, he moves on after there. Big win for Naaman Gracie, who needed it. We go on to top rank boxing over the weekend, Rashad. Edgidus Cavaliuskas, uh, Mean Machine, is back, rebounding from that loss to Terrence Crawford on the title level by sending Mikhail Zuski to hell. Uh, afterwards, he called out Bud Crawford, but Rashad, I don't need to see that fight again.
1: No, nah, no. Nah. I mean, nah. look the the way he got dusted off real quick. I mean, the, the way to come back and everything like that. When look at the way he just blazed him across the ring right there. I mean, it is. I feel you, BC. We don't uh, need to see in gross anymore.
0: boxing of the week. We go to Moscow, Uh UFC and Bellator veteran heavyweight Sergei Karatanov making his pro boxing debut against two forty seven year old Danny Williams, the guy from Britain who knocked out Mike Tyson like eighteen years ago. Uh Karitanov won a KO two TKO excuse me when Williams uh just stopped fighting and the ref waved it off. But Rashad, this didn't make the headlines. His entrance is what made the headlines. Have you seen this shit, Rashad Evans? Uh, I haven't we seen We got this an eighties level rock band playing uh, looks like Zach Wild right there and we've got a live bear Rashad uh,
1: oh my gosh wow lot oh my wow
0: uh, that they do things a little bit differently on damn. the uh, risky side That's,
1: that looked like the damn bear that Habib was wrestling at yeah. that time.
0: <laughs> uh, many uh, many a uh, PETA supporter including Luke Thomas had issues with this on Twitter but Rashad look at the 80s vibe the dancing chicks the uh, guitar solos I'm, I'm kind of here for this I'm sorry all right I'm sure that bears have Happy. they probably put him to sleep with a laser gun afterwards but i'm sure he's very happy <laughs>
1: imagine if that bear wouldn't want shit and just bit everybody
0: <laughs> do you, re- you remember in the early 2000s when we used to get high all the time and watch uh, celebrity boxing on fox but then it kind of ran its course so they had that man versus animal show yeah you remember yeah. um kobayashi had the hot dog eating contest against the bear and the bear yeah. basically just sat there, stared at the camera and then picked up like 27 of them with his claw and ate them in one bite. Uh, great moments in TV history there, Rashad. I know you saw that. All right. <laughs> Have all right. you well, seen this? Let's move on here. Uh, Rashad, we all want to be there for our kids and our daughters, but uh, if you're a dad, you got to know about uh, weight limits here. If you're going to get on your daughter's bike, um, uh, no, shout out to me. this guy with the socks and sandals and, uh, little girl's bike you've been sent to hell oh
1: <laughs> my gosh that bike is never gonna be the same he, he, <laughs> that bike he just got it from he they just got it from the store
0: yeah that's walmart approved right there oh uh, that is uh, definitely
1: walmart approved he probably have not rode a bike in yeah. so long oh All man
0: right. uh, t- <laughs> <laughs> t- <laughs> look at that handle fat people video. <laughs> Shout out to that on Instagram. Uh, we go on to Spinny Shit of the Week. Rashad, we love. We love ourselves some, some good, bad spinny, mad spinny shit. shit. Check out this dance instructor. Oh, God. I mean, you got a warning. You're dealing with children here, fellow. What are you doing? What's going on here, Rashad? Oh, my gosh. But the worst part about that whole video is not the
1: fact that he did it. Was he didn't even check on the child. No, He's no. sitting there just in, in <laughs> awe that he did it. Look at the child. The child's knocked out cold, buddy. Rashad,
0: this <laughs> is the, uh, the show Showmanship error on social media. He knows the cameras are running, so he wants to finish the shot. You know, before checking in. Oh God, that kid! That, that kid, kid is took knocked out. cold. that kid is knocked out. That yeah, kid is probably concussing yeah. right now. Jay, Jay, sorry. Child services on line one. Jay, can we roll on here? <laughs> uh, can we, what's next in the in the lineage here of spinny shit? Oh God, it's Raymond Daniels, the forty-year-old oh, no. kickboxing mixed martial arts superstar. Uh, Rashad, can you go to church and light a candle for this fella called uh, Patrick Stanonic? Because he didn't just get a spinning back kick to the crotch once and waited five minutes for his man parts to come back. He got it twice. Uh, Rashad, there are certain noises we just shouldn't hear, right? Our parents in the upstairs, we shouldn't hear that. A grown man with no one in the crowd, guttural screaming. <sighs> Did you hear the guttural screams that came yeah. out of this after the second one? He was diagnosed with a... I think a groin contusion. Is that black balls? He got blackballed, Rashad. That is just, that's as bad as it gets, bro. Give me something here.
1: You knew it was painful when he doubled over and then he starts hitting the ground because he just can't get the pain out. Like the screaming is not getting the pain out enough. You know what I'm saying? Like only thing that was missing in that pose was his feet just banging off the back of the canvas. That was the only thing missing in that pose. But the, the velocity... And which Raymond Daniels probably threw that kick in the – Oh, my gosh.
0: Because he's on, power. like, the Kung Lee program. Yeah. The like, he's, they put him in there just to do spinny stuff. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be ill-humane here, but as a man, knowing what, what this – you know, a tenth of what this feels like, if they would have shot Patrick Stenonic, I mean, it would have been murder, but it would have put him out of his misery, Rashad.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and here's the thing, like, the, the, the cup – like normally you'd think like when people get hit in nuts, I'm like, all right, come on. You got a cup on, especially with the right cup with like a steel cup. You don't really feel it that much. So I, I, I don't really like I'm kind of bothered when people do that. But this yeah.
0: right here, that would yeah. probably go through any steel cup. That would it, 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 go through <laughs> your soul, Rashad. I mean, they, <laughs> I don't know if he's ever going to fight or walk again. He's definitely not having kids. So, hey, he had a good run there, Patrick. You uh, we all grieve with you. Uh, let's roll on, Jay. What do we got next here? oh yeah there it is there it is just let that out oh here's the video of the week rashad check out the athleticism here do not try this at home we've all been there though we get down the wrong subway platform we're gonna miss our train look at carl lewis wow. here
1: good lord
0: mike powell that's insane
1: whoa whoa
0: sign him wow. up for some. That, is that parkour rashad what is that
1: wow That's hood parkour. That is. That is
2: right there. Look
0: at that. That man just put his life on the line for our entertainment. Shout out, man. Wow.
1: It looked like he has done this many times, too. Like, this is what he does. Like, this is what he does. Yeah. Unbelievable.
0: I mean, I know the world long jump record is like 29 feet, so it's probably not that ridiculous, but just the, the danger of the, uh, yeah, okay. Hey, let's go on from here. Uh, another knockout. I don't know if you saw this, Rashad. Tuesday night, Dana White contender series from the Apex. Tell me about Philip Hawes, landing this one. Damn. Next stop, Hades, Rashad. Pfft,
1: amazing shot and such a well-deserved uh job such as well deserved for, for Phil Haas who, you know, had a struggles making it and performing at this level on the scene with the UFC and now with that that big right hand he gets a contract and, you know, Phil is somebody I trained with way back in the day and he's, you know, come back around to the team and now he's clicking on all cylinders and just feeling himself immensely dialed in. He's gonna be tough.
0: Yeah, Haas, you've seen that shit. I have. All right, let's go on to uh ladies working out here. She's got a good setup. She's got a good plan, Rashad. What is that? What is on those pants? What, what is
2: the that, hell man? are we
0: doing here? Look at the what, unit on that guy, Rashad. What are we doing?
1: What is happening here? What What am I seeing? What am I uh, looking at here? That's <laughs> I, I feel like I shouldn't even be looking there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I just uh, can't <laughs> help. <laughs>
0: Chicks with sticks. No, that is a that is a print design on her pants. There, Uh, that makes me uncomfortable, Jay. I'm sorry. Can we get out of that? All right. Hey, Rashad, you ever see those Papa shot things in the basement? Check out this guy. Two-hand slam dunk champion.
1: Wow. <laughs> you look like he might have
0: broke his back on that one. Your <laughs> back don't been that way, man. Do- doctor said you need a bacchiotomy. Spinal, <laughs> Rashad. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's spinal. <laughs> All right. Rashad, I know you live your life a quarter mile at a time like Dom Toretto. So check out this car chase in England. It is both fast and fast and furious look at this oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. But look, look at, at he this can escape now. Th- now that that's something off of a movie like if you you see that in a movie like that would never happen that's no. like you know what i'm saying but it does Th- it does happen we just seen it that's something that also guy. like you see in florida because in south florida <laughs> you see the craziest
0: <laughs> accidents you see cars flipped over people running around you see crazy stuff as our florida. resident florida man rashad confirms i like you're like oh my god you would only see that in a movie oh actually in south florida too. you could probably <laughs> see <that. laughs> all right hey rashad we got one from the archives our viewer ahmed atia sent this in uh you know your manager manager of the stars ali abdelaziz check him oh, out yeah 2007 They're... at heroes 8 going in there against former ufc title challenger kale uno
1: Oh my gosh, look at c- this.
0: One. Now this full is, disclosure, uh uh Ali ended up tapping in this one, submission loss, but um look at this. Look at this. that's that's a takedown, Rashad.
1: Yeah, he has some moments. He actually threw him a couple times. Ali has some uh sneaky good judo. And it's surprising, like Ali can Ali can really fight. And and when I was fighting for uh training for Sean Salmon, Ali was my main training partner. I learned how to throw that kick so
0: good because Ali's a southpaw, and I was kicking him in the head with that kick. <laughs> now, your, your, your head kick of poor Sean Salmon is running every highlight reel of great UFC moments. Um, did Ali get some of that sauce during training?
1: Yeah, that's how I perfected it, on Ali. Okay. Right.
0: Well, that's what, you know, what happens in sparring supposedly stays in sparring, but I think the statue of limitations have passed on there. It
1: passed. It passed. Uh, look,
0: our viewer of the week, shout out to this guy once again, this couple. They're touring the country. It's Bill and Jen's RV Adventure on Instagram. We love Bill. Check him out, Rashad. This week they're at North Cascades National Park in Washington State wearing the MK merch there. Very comfortable uh, green shirt. We'll have to get you outfitted in that. Rashad, are you a National Parks guy? I am, I love that shot too. Where is that at? That's at North Cascades National Park. It's up on the Canadian border, Washington State. It's supposed to be the, the they call it the US Alps, Rashad, all right? They it's got beautiful. some nice uh, Tite shaped mountains up there. I'm a big fan of that. You know, <laughs> shout out to Bill and Jen. They are still. I don't know if they work. I don't know what's going on. We love Bill in these parts. Uh, also, one of our viewers at Greg All Thirty One sent in. He actually did go to show dot store dot com and got in on the merch. He ordered the mug. But uh, Jay, what is going on here? Can you talk to people in shipping? Well, first, Bill. Bill with the with the point. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Jay. Can you advance the slide, please? Yeah, that's not good. Uh, the the oh, Q- U.S. Postal Service ruining that. Jay, can we bring you in here, Jay? <laughs> Jay, can, can we? Can you personally see that Greg gets a new mug or what?
2: Uh, I'm sure I'll be blamed for this, uh, as I'm blamed for everything else that goes wrong on this show. Yes.
0: Is that on us or is that on the uh, shipping? That's on the postal service, right?
2: Uh, I'm sure it was not uh, on us. It would definitely be on the uh, nice shipping fellows at the. Pl- if we have to blame All somebody, right. let's blame the post office
0: alright we close with this Rashad we have a listener who's more like family he lives in Italy he is the Greek god of graphics and thunder Christos Christophoros who every week just gives us these goodies of uh, posters he makes Rashad my favorite action movie of all time is marked for death and check out what he did for me here Sigalgos goes Campbell uh, Jay can you read that what the poster says I can't see it
2: Jay not, not a word of it not right, one word you. Um, hopefully, uh, one of our viewers with like one of those big 50 inch screens. Can yes. People
0: do watch it, yeah. us on those, but, uh, I've Rashad, seen those. I've seen this.
2: those posts online. Yeah.
0: Rashad, I got to get this printed out and put, put behind me. I mean, this is just fantastic. That
1: I right mean, right. that was that now that was the one with the Jamaicans in it, right? Damn right. That was
0: a screw face. Oh, who did that? The white boy hatcha? I mean, Rashad, let's be honest. Who took the worst? death in action movie history was it screw face number one or two i mean you know they both uh, got their right. uh, yeah they got their junk <laughs> sliced up with a sword yeah they got yeah they yeah. got bc beheaded. do That's you
2: great. have it do you have a knife like that at home is that uh i is do that party not I'm,
0: I'm not allowed blunt weapons in this house
2: rashad, or uh, jay thank you very that much. that is not blunt. <laughs> that does not look blunt at all no.
0: uh let's go on to a little little bit of uh, odds and ends here to close the show and i will start rashad Um, You were there, so I want to bring you in on this. This bizarre situation going on. Short-fuse Ed Herman was in a light heavyweight bout against Mike Rodriguez. He was getting beat up. There was a knee to the body, and Herman went down, and after Chris Toyoni, the referee, Toyoni, Toyota, came in there, waved off, gave him the five-minute break, ruled it a low blow Rashad, the replay showed clearly that it was a hard knee to the stomach and it looked like it would have knocked Herman out because he covered up into the shell and was getting plastered with punches. Here's the deal, though, that got people upset. Ed Herman milked it, took like the full five minutes, recovered from this second-round knee in which he looked out, and then rallied to win the damn fight afterwards, Rashad. Um, Let's talk about this because I have praised... Lionheart Anthony Smith in the past, he could have been your light heavyweight champion against John Jones if he sold that DQ. Tell me if, if I'm wrong or not on that illegal strike.
1: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, uh, Ed Ed did what he, he 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 did what the referee allowed him to do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, should have Ed been like, all right, look, I'm faking. Look, I got hit. yeah. I don't know because he 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 might have not have really known that he he didn't get hit. In his in his junk or how low that blow was because in, in all in all honesty sometimes when you get hit in the liver it sends a shot of pain and it and it hits you it hits your it hits your butt you know what I'm saying you like it feels like you need to boo boo for a second so he could have thought it was a low blow but at the same time the referee needed to be in position not even be in position he needed to take a second to kind of look at how uh just, it was it was it was just bad. It was just terrible altogether. Um, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate because the next round uh, he got caught in, in this, uh, uh, a Kimura that nasty Kimura that you, Kimura. Know, that you never see. You never see anyone get caught in a Kimura like this. Not at this level. Not not like that. Unreal. Would you call that white
0: belt shit? Is that what they call that?
1: That that was white belt ish shit. Yes, for sure. Okay. Like. Um, he, so he. here's the
0: deal. Like, I don't want to damn Ed Herman either. It, it, it's a smart manipulation of the rules if he knew better. Look, the replay showed he got hit flush in the kind of mid-stomach, but the knee did slide down, and I think it did at least catch contact with the groin on the way out. So I know. In a fight, you're right, Rashad. I gotta We got to respect that in a fight, your mind is <laughs> in a few different places when you're getting hit. Afterwards, he was like, I'm not really sure what it hit, but I felt it. But – this has like the feeling of like a soccer match and all the flopping or the NBA flopping. This has a feeling of sort of milking the system. Would, would the respectful thing have been to like take a 10 seconds and then get back and be like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Or are you okay with when the system gives you this? Do you take it?
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, yes. If the system gives it to you, then, then you have to take it. You have to take it because here's why you have to take it. There is gonna come a time where something comes up short against you. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna come up on a shorter than a stick. And that's how it works. Like eventually, you know, it it, it for for some, somehow, some way, this will find its balance. It'll balance out some way, somehow. And you even saying Ed fu- Herman
0: will get sent life will send Ed Herman to hell eventually, so it'll even be <laughs> Karma's uh, real. I, like I don't know. It's kind of like you go to Walmart and you you know you buy something with a twenty dollar bill and they give you back like you know twenty two dollars and change and you don't <laughs> yeah, realize it right. until walking out and you're like oh right. whoa oh I guess it's my day today and you keep going I guess it's equivalent of that right
1: equal to that yeah all I mean right. it's it's a referee's job to to uh, not make that mistake at all
0: well let's add Chris Tanioni if I'm how do you pronounce his name Chris Tanioni
1: I think so yeah.
0: Uh, well, first of all, shout out to the UFC for paying Mike Rodriguez his winner share, even though he technically lost this by submission. But Dana White, I don't know if you heard it. He went off oh, at the presser yeah. afterwards. Rashad, he was using words like Steve Mazzagotti. So, look... um Dana White doesn't use the N-word, but the equivalent of the N-word for Dana White is using <laughs> Steve Mazzagatti, and he compared that to this situation <laughs> and basically wants to see where this guy never works again. Uh, I think this can be fixed with a change in the replay rule, which under that fight's terms, you can only replay a fight-ending scenario. But obviously, when a situation like this could affect the end of the fight so greatly, which it did... Can we just change the damn unified rules and not have it where every other state has a different set, and we're not really sure which state we're in at the moment? Like, please.
1: Absolutely, because here's the reality of the situation. Um, you're gonna make a mistake, and and as I was saying in the beginning, you know that was a perspective that he couldn't see. He couldn't see that perspective, that angle. Uh, and there's so many things to watch, and watching so many things all at a split second. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's really it, – it, I do understand Dana White's frustration. I do understand where he's coming from, where he's mad at. But at the same time, there has to be a system set in place where if something does happen like that, where the referee couldn't see it from some other angle and there's some kind of uh, controversy, it can be review, reviewed.
0: I would love if somebody could get Mazzagotti and Dana White – in the same room, at the same table, maybe put like a, a jail-like clear screen between them, and then just have them go at it and just argue. That'd be great, Rashad. That'd be great TV. Okay.
1: Mazz- uh ref me when I fought Forrest Griffin, and you know how I was hitting Forrest at the end, and it was over, and I looked up at Mazzagatti to stop, and, eat it, and he didn't. He, you know, after he stopped it a little bit. Afterwards, Dana was so pissed off, man. He was so pissed off. He wanted me to just like he's like, bro, I see you looking up from the stop and he
0: won't fucking you won't stop it. He won't stop it. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, Mazzakati still goes to fights. He doesn't ref anymore, but he works for the Las Vegas Commission. So he's the guy a lot of a lot of the UFC fights that sits next to the cage with a referee's uniform on, like an old school black and white striped referee's uniform, and he's like the the like the timekeeper type commission guy that's right there making sure everything's regulated interesting how he's – I'm sure Dana loves that, by the way. All right, Rashad, my other quick point was on that Bellator rollout of announcements, uh, put a put a pin in Thursday night, October 29th from the Mohegan Sun bubble. It's going to air uh, 9 p.m. Eastern on the CBS Sports Network. This Bellator card, I'm not sure what number it is, but welterweight champion Douglas Lima is officially moving up, and he's going to fight Gegard Musasi for the promotion's vacant 185 title. Uh, Rashad, this is daring to be awesome from our guy, Doug Lima, who, you know, of course, we can rightfully say, I'd like to find out where he actually ranks among the best welterweights in the world. But here's the deal about Bellator, Rashad, okay? Sometimes we can frame Bellator, we can focus too much on the old guy fights. We can focus too much on, well, you could go there to rehab yourself. And yes, if you want to, you could go there to take soft matchmaking. You could also go there, if you want to be great, and take one tough-ass fight after another, which Lima's doing. Good God, he fought Rory, and then what? Uh, He fought Rory again, and then he fought... I mean, now he's going to fight Gegard. I mean, this guy, you know, he won the Welterweight Grand Prix. He showed you he's absolutely legit. I was going to move up to middleweight to find out how great he can be. I love this so much. Inject me. Rashad, right now, I mean, right here. Right here, okay? I want <laughs> it. Please. I love it. I love
1: it, too. And I love that Lima's uh, challenging himself like this because this is what it's all about. You know, you get a chance to compete against somebody as, uh, as talented and, and, and as good as uh, Gagari Musasi. You know, you arrive on another level when you can uh, beat a guy like that. So, uh, yeah, this is what it's all about. But, you know, for, for Bellator this is the direction that they need to move in. They need to start making sure that they invest in the talent that they have. That's the biggest thing that Bellator is lacking. They're just lacking the love for their own talent that they bring up through the system. You know, I think that they started to put more hype on their fighters because they have great talent, but they just don't give them the spotlight over old talent.
0: That's fair. Very fair, indeed. Rashad, what is your odds and ends this week? What do we miss? My
1: odds and ends, it comes from the UFC fight that I was at this weekend, and it was an early fight. It was the Roosevelt Roberts and Kevin Kroom fight, and what that fight was amazing. Kevin Croom stepped in a fight, late fight replacement with 72-hour notice, and went in there, came out to what a wonderful world, and... (laughs) put on a show, a 35 second victory, where he came in and landed a big, shot that stunned Roosevelt Roberts, but then he then transitioned into a standing guillotine choke, which he doesn't even know he even claims how to do, but somehow found his way to make it mark. Make his mark. But what makes it so impressive to me is, you know, this guy, the the, the, the journey that Kroom has been on. You know, Kroom is, is is a um, lifelong journeyman when it comes to mixed martial arts. Never made over a thousand dollars competing in the smaller regional shows and was actually had a contract to fight in the UFC but failed this COVID-19 test and then was uh, cut from the UFC. Gosh. But then they brought him back. Because when he thought he he got cut from the UFC, got the contract, got cut from the UFC after he failed the test, and he thought the world was over. And then just when he thought it was over, he gets another chance. But it was fighting at a higher weight class, and it was fighting against Roosevelt Roberts. And he just said, you know what? I'm going to take it. And, that, and that's why Dana White awarded him so big afterwards. He's like, you know what? You... you uh, you take big chances and you get rewarded big. So, shout out to him.
0: Dude, his celebration felt really good. That's one thing oh about my this gosh. little fan era, Rashad. I almost feel like fighters, when they win, to fill that gap of not having screaming fans, it's almost like we're getting some over-celebrations, and I'm here for it. I love this change. We are seeing people, like, maniacally celebrate, like Connor jumping the fence after knocking out Seaver to find Jose type of celebrations lately, and uh, this one was deserving. I don't know if you heard his interview afterwards. He was completely, obviously, humble and shocked and happy, But he's like, yeah, I want to fight next week too. I can make forty-five or fifty-five, and if you give me another week, I can make thirty-five too. This, what was his nickname too? It was something real white trash. I loved it. I loved it.
1: Yeah, you know, he kind of reminded me of you. Ever see that movie uh, California with with uh, with with Brad Pitt in it? Yes. He's kind of he kind of got a little bit of early in him. Come on, early. He got a little bit of gray early in him.
0: (laughs) Feel good moment. Tough break for Roosevelt Roberts, right? Keep I keep picking him, and then it's not working. Uh,
1: it was a tough break, but here, here's the thing with, with that whole situation. Like when, when you're a guy like Roosevelt Roberts, or not even, you know, just just someone in that position where you you're a veteran in the UFC and you're fighting against a guy who's a late replacement. You have to meet that energy. And especially now with this pandemic fighting, these guys are getting this opportunity from these regional shows and they're realizing like this is it. This is it for me. And they've, you know, they they understand how hard the landscape is to even make it into the UFC. So they're willing to give it all. And for them, this is their title fight. So you have to match that energy if you're a veteran like Roosevelt Roberts or someone of that matter going in there against these guys. And he didn't do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A fun week of fights. Look forward to Showtime's return this weekend. That Colby-Covington-Tyron-Woodley fight going to be fun. Uh, Rashad Evans, great going up and down MK with you as you're part of our extended MK universe here. You have joined... A list of royalty of people that have replaced Luke and I. It includes Chuck Mindenhall, the man with the damn hat, and uh, Algermaine Sterling. So uh, uh, okay, okay, a, a, I'm up nice there with little, some good
1: people. <laughs> nice, little, nice,
0: little, nice little crew that we're rocking out right there, uh, Rashad. I've been I've been uh, jamming on that Peloton. Okay, one of these days I'm going to come in with it with a with a tight jawbone. Okay, I mean it's 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 a rich guy thing, but it's working. I'm loving it. Okay, that's good.
1: Thank BC, it's all about the routine I just and stay consistent. Clean, right? Consistency, yeah, but yeah. Of
0: brand for me to eat clean you know diet is what creates as bc diet diet okay okay um so, Rashad, like, you know what I do when I pull up on a Cumberland Farms, right? What do you do when you walk in on a Cumberland Farms and you see, like, or maybe Circle K wherever you're going. And you're uh, your South Florida. I don't know what they got. You got the rollers, right? You got, like, the tornadoes with the buffalo. Uh, you know I mean? You got, I mean, like, they're just screaming for you. There's the damn Slurpee machine. There's the 99-cent pizza. What, what do you feel on the inside? I, I get really excited. You know?
1: I, I walk by all of that, and I just go right to the front and just get the rolls. <laughs> just, okay, get to, just get, just <laughs> get. Shout out uh, to
0: that indeed. Uh, please try Showtime. Take the 30-day challenge and tell me if you won't uh, come back. Okay, I think you will. I think you're going to stay with it. Uh, go to Showtime.com. Um, right now, I'm knee-deep. In that uh, Suge Knight documentary, fantastic. I watched the damn one on uh, Jeff Beck; it was great. Uh, a lot of great stuff on there. Check out Outcry if you haven't seen that. Along with our interviews online, Morning Combat as well. Luke Thomas will be back next week, guys. It's a big week. We're gonna launch this vehicle. We're gonna give you at least three live shows a week. Uh, obviously, next week is the double Charlo pay per view. Adesanya Costa. Oh, good God, yeah. Let me get some of that Rashad, right? I mean, that was weird, but like, you you got that, right? You got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I got that. I didn't get the pump, but I I got. It. I got <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, uh follow him at Sugar Rashad Evans on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Uh support what we do obviously store.show.com you can get your merch. Uh Rashad, evan any uh message to close in all seriousness. this has been rough, but I've 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 uh I've learned you've got to take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. That's what I saw about BC taking care of yourself and a matter of fact i'm about to go to the gym right now and get some work in so
0: gotta keep them abs going baby that's what i'm talking about all right a 40 year old with abs never heard of it until now all right it's here (laughs) it's there that's rashad evans uh and that's it for us uh for sugar rashad for jay the producer i am your boy bc as luke would say may all your hoes be loyal